you know, COVID and crisis and things like it cause too many people to turn insular and me focused. How do I survive? How do I keep from catching COVID? There's so many examples in the Bible. One of my favorite, because I've just been teaching Genesis in Sunday school, is Joseph. I mean, a model of humility, whether he was in prison or at the top of the heap as Pharaoh's chief of staff or anywhere in between, he had humility. Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast. I'm Ken Kennard, and I'm joined by Dr. Chip Roper and Sarah Evers. This was our last webinar for 2021. And so we wanted to look back and look forward with friend of the show, Bob Dahl from Crossmark Global Investments. Bob shared his thoughts on our current cultural moment and gave some predictions about the future of work. He also offered insights on remaining resilient in 2022, lessons he's learned from personal experience during job transition. Here's Sarah to introduce our guest. Absolutely, it is my honor and pleasure to introduce to you all Bob Dahl. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Crossmark and brings more than 40 years of industry experience to guide the investment process as he serves as Portfolio Manager for multiple Crossmark large cap strategies. He produces weekly and quarterly investment commentaries and an annual market prediction. He's a regular guest on CNBC, Fox Business News, MoneyWise, and Bloomberg TV. So he might look familiar for those of you who have cameras on. Bob's a choir director at his local church, and he serves on multiple boards, including the Lusanne Movement, Kingdom Advisors, and Christianity Today. He and his wife, Leslie, live in Princeton, New Jersey, and have three children. All right. Bob, great to have you with us tonight. Thank you, sir. And congrats on a fantastic 21 for VOCA. You guys have done some great work. Well, you know, we've talked about this for a long time, and you've been a great encouragement and, and advisor along the way. So it's, um, it's great to be where we are, and it's great to have you with us. So, um, so Bob, you know, I know. Well, I know you can't reveal. This is the time of year when you do your predictions for the next year, and your head, your head's down into that process. But I want. I mean, maybe you can help us just look ahead a little bit. Um, it's you know, it just seems like it's, it's crazy all the time. Um, and um, just give us your sense of, you know, we, our one of our big ideas is the need for resilience and this ability to snap back from adversity whether it's instantaneous or chronic, and it feels like it's been a bit more chronic over the last you know, two years, um, snap back to productivity and joy. And we think you know, it's rooted ultimately in our faith and God's promises for us and those kinds of things. But give us a sense of where things are going, um, kind of markets-wise, economics-wise, and um, where we might need some resilient faith as, as, as you look ahead. Uh, sure. Thanks for the opportunity, uh, Chip. I hope this is responsive. If it's not, I know you'll ask the questions to get it to be responsive to what you're looking for. Uh, maybe I'll start with a few comments of uh, the way I see the, the economy and the markets and then drop back and um, talk a little bit about resilient faith uh, a, 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 as professionals, if you will. Um, I think the uh, economy in the U.S. and increasingly outside the U.S. will be good. Um, we've got a, uh, a tailwind uh, from the powerful effects of uh, monetary and fiscal policy that uh, can't get turned off uh, the, all that quickly. 
So we're likely to have a good economy, uh, not as strong as 2021, but still above average. Uh, as uh, everybody knows, inflation's poked its ugly head uh, up high, um, almost 7% inflation in the last 12 months, highest in 40 years. And while I think inflation in 2022 will fall, I think that will be deceptive because core or structural inflation is probably stuck at uh, 3% and maybe a little bit more. That's up from the 1% to 2% we've enjoyed for the last, seems like forever, at least the last decade. And that's a challenge. So I think for markets, tailwind of good earnings, headwind on valuations because of inflation and rising interest rates. Uh, you you uh, use the word volatility, I think, and uh, I will only second that. I think it's going to be a year where the stock market uh, churns, uh, volatile, maybe trendless, frustrating. Um, the last two days are a perfect example. Stock market was down the limit yesterday, more than 500 Dow points. It was up the limit today, more than 500 Dow points. And we kind of ended up where we started um, uh, 48 hours ago. And I think we're going to see more of that back and forth. And uh, you obviously hinted at it, but let's put it on the table. Part of the challenge for all of us, uh, including the markets in the last couple of years, has been this COVID nonsense. Uh, my view, I, I'm not, not a, a medical doctor in any way, shape, or form, uh, but I uh, do a lot of reading on the subject. You have to when you're in this business. I think COVID's here to stay. Uh, we're going to have uh, waves of COVID for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, each variant will look a little different from the last one, just like the one we're in right now is uh, uh, far more contagious than the last one, but less virulent and uh, going to cause... Uh, fewer uh, hospitalizations as a percentage of cases, and hopefully, therefore, fewer deaths as well. So this is going to uh, be a way of life. So uh, get used to having a mask at your side. Hopefully, there'll be times when we can take it off, but I think you're going to be wearing it. So, you know, churning, turbulent sort of environment, which uh, let me add to this before I uh, shift gears and talk about resilient faith in, in, in our professions, uh, which is below the consensus view. S&P 500 closed today at uh, 40, uh, 46.50. The consensus is 49.50 for the end of, this, uh, end of next year. I'm at 4,500. So I think it's going to have a modest down year uh, because of the pressure on valuations. So we can come back to any of that, but let me, let me shift gears and uh, offer, uh, you know, Chip, I like lists. So I've got, I've got five... Uh, items to mention about resilient faith in, in, in professionally. Uh, number one, focus and follow through. We need to be excellent at our work in front of all our coworkers. Um, we are made in the image of God, and God uh, is a worker, and He's pretty good at what He does. And if we're made in his image, we should have an objective of being pretty good at we do, what we do also. Excellence in our work. And that means we need to set goals. We need to have objectives that can be measured. Um, you know, when, when I was at Citicorp Investment Management years ago, every year we had to come up with CFOs, critical few objectives. And, uh, you know, I did that for as many years as I was there, which I think was seven and, you know, sort of the end of it, I said, if this is good enough for work, it must be 
all that much better for life. And so uh, I have, uh, to varying degrees in different years, come up with CFOs. Um, and I recommend that to all of you. I mean, the, 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 the old saying, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to achieve it. You gotta aim at something. CFOs are a good place. Focus and follow through. Number two, uh, in this crazy world in which we live, Chip, competence with humility. We already talked about God being a worker and us made in his image. Um, you know, are you good at your profession, whatever it is? How do you do your job better? Um, <clears throat> Tim Keller uh, asks the question, how do you be a good Christian fill in the blank? And he answers, how to be a good Christian airline pilot? His answer is, land the plane safely and smoothly, period, full stop. You know, we're to do our jobs well and people will be watching who, who, what it is we do and how we do it. The word humility, of course, is, uh, uh, we could go on hours on this one, uh, not false humility, but genuine humility. Uh, I, like I said, I hope you are really good at what it is that you do, but let others figure it out and talk about it. Um, and uh, if you can combine competence with humility, that's a great combination to, I think, uh, have resilient faith in a, in a crazy world in which we live. Uh, number three, a serve others mentality. You know, COVID and crisis and things like it cause too many people to turn insular and me focused. How do I survive? How do I keep from catching COVID? Um, you know, there's so many examples in the Bible. One of my favorite, because I've just been teaching Genesis in Sunday school, is Joseph. I mean, a model of humility. Whether he was in prison or at the top of the heap as Pharaoh's chief of staff or anywhere in between, he had humility. And uh, good leaders lead by serving. The, the, the model from the Bible, the, the Davidic uh, model, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, so a serve others mentality, of course, is not only biblical, it's actually a great way to get ahead in a secular sense. So that's my third point. Number four, I, I, I entitled this one, Radiate Inner Light. I know that's a bit intangible, so let me explain. Uh, leave a positive mark on the things and the people you come in contact with. So what are some practical things to radiate inner light? Um, one, listen well. In periods like this, people just need somebody to listen sometime. Well, that's a family member or co co-worker. Two, make others feel valued. And three, uh, repeating what I said a minute ago, think less about oneself. Um, you know, it's such a me world. And of course, the American way is, you know, I can pick up myself from, and by the bootstraps and go take that mountain. And while there's Nothing wrong with that. It can get too extreme. So radiate inner light. And, and the fifth and final point on this uh, resilient faith in profession I, I, I wrote down, Chip, was balance resume virtues with eulogy virtues. Um, I think you all know wh what I mean. I, I guess the older I get, the more I think about eulogy. When I was young, all I thought about was the resume. But uh, whatever age we find ourselves, get, getting that balance right makes sense. There's nothing wrong with resume virtues. Um, you know, God wants us to do well, to repeat myself. Um, but I find myself more thinking about not what are they going to say when I retire, but what are they going to say at my funeral? 
And I think that uh, I'm stealing from Chip Ingram on this. What, what are eulogy virtues? Personal integrity, emotional control, life stewardship, positive speech, holy uh, present attitudes. Holy H H O L Y, obviously. So I, you know, if, if, if nothing else in this environment, focusing on that last one, I think can get us a long way, Chip. Yeah, those are, those are all really great points. And it sounds like what you're saying um, in a lot of ways is that the week that we've just had or the last couple weeks is going to be normal. You know, there's going to be COVID news and there's going to be market volatility. There's going to be fear that is in a lot of the press. You know, that, that's what happens, especially when these things, when you, when you have a skyrocketing uh, case, case count from a new variant and a tanking market which was monday um then there's there's you know there's tons of click you know click fear fear laced clickbait uh, on on the news feeds and everything so you're saying all that's that's just gonna be normal uh yeah it sounds like for I the mean, next year or so and i mean think, there's think always of the month something of december, think of the month of december at chip we got the highest inflation rating in 40 years president biden's signature economic plan fell and died uh, we got uh, hit very quickly from this variant that many thought wouldn't show up in, in the U.S. for at least a couple of more weeks. I mean, the good news, parenthetically, as most of you probably know, is it's uh, fall. The number of cases in South Africa where it started has fallen uh, very, very quickly. It looks like the length of this is is less than half of what COVID was. We'll see if that applies to the U.S. But we but we had that too. Um, we had a Fed who came out and said, ah, you know, we're not going to fight unemployment so much anymore. We're worried about inflation. I mean, that's a, like a turn on the dime that is massive for, for, for economy and financial markets. All that in the space of a couple of three weeks. Yeah, so buckle up. Here, here. Buckle up. But the, the, the counsel that you provided really talks about, some, sometimes we would summarize the, all those things as like you're securing your own center. You're, you're, you're finding your stability and and some really, and, and focus on some very specific disciplines and professional ones. And I, I really like that. I think that's really. And really I would helpful. say, if I can interrupt you again, Chip, you know, when I wrote those down this afternoon, I said to myself, you know, I don't know if these are unique to today or they should be evergreen. Yeah, that's true too. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. And you're on a number of boards. You see things, you're involved with a number of, you know, Christian organizations, ministries, and that kind of thing. What about kind of just culturally, from a spiritual point of view, what do you, what's, what's the outlook look like on that vector? Yep. Again, with resilient faith in mind, I'm going to start by reading uh, uh, nine verses of scripture. It's familiar to all of you, uh, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, the whole armor of God. I think that's what we need in this cultural moment. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's massive. <laughs> That's a cosmic war. Therefore, uh, Paul goes on to say, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, 
and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We are in a cosmic war. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I find, you know, I get in my little world and, you know, I'm fighting my little battles and, and wait, wait, wait a minute, this is much bigger than the little thing I'm thinking about. It's a cosmic battle. So with that in mind, this time, um, I don't have five points, Chip, I've got ten. You know my, you know, so here we go. I'll try to be brief. <laughs> um, and some of these are a little repetitive, like the first one here. Set goals and objectives in our cultural moment where it's so easy to be confused. Back to the CFOs. It, we're coming up on January 1st. The calendar year is a perfect time to, to, to do that. And you know, it doesn't take that long. And, and I'm, I am suggesting not 10 CFOs, but three, four, or five. That's all. Two, be open and teachable. In this environment with the political polarization, the stubbornness, the inflexibility, the absence of the willingness to listen to the other side is gargantuan and we need to fight against that. Be open and be teachable, engage. I think of that with some people in my own family that I need to do a better job with that. Three, have a discerning mind. Uh, we need to be in the Word. That's the only way you can really be discerning. Uh, we need to be informed about the, the cultural moment in which we live. And again, I'm stealing from Tim Keller, show spiritual depth. You know, somebody at my work comes to me and says, Bob, tell me about the stock market. And I go on for 15 or 20 minutes. And they say then, you know, well, tell me, what do you think about euthanasia? Or what do you think about abortion? Or some spiritual issue. And I have two sentences. What does that say about who I am and what's really important to me? Show some spiritual depth, depth while being discerning. Four, demonstrate intellectual curiosity. People want to be challenged, and we need to be challenged, and people need to be listened to. And if we don't have intellectual curiosity, we can get so stuck on what we knew yesterday and the day before. We really need to have open, creative, willing-to-listen minds. Five, Demonstrate great stewardship. I'm increasingly convinced when we get to heaven, you know, the first thing God's going to say is, what'd you do with my son? And shortly after that, he's going to say, now, now let's have a longer conversation. What did you do with all the things I gave you? What'd you do with your mind, your body, all the time I gave you, the money I gave you? The relationships I gave you. What did you do with those things? Were we good stewards? Bible's full of encouragement and uh, examples and prodding to be good stewards. Number six, engage in the local church. I find so often uh, people sometimes uh, with great intentions get so involved in some ministry and they ignore or shortchange their local church. God established the church. He did not establish parachurch organizations. As good as some of them are, I spend a lot of time with them, but my local church is hugely important. 
You mentioned uh, somebody, uh, I, 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 I guess it was Sarah, mentioned the choir director. I'm committed to be at my, at my church 40 out of 52 Sundays a year. And people say, how do you do that? Because the local church is really important. So, you know, it takes different form for different people. But, you know, I hate to say it, Chip, but God did not establish VOCA or National Christian Society or Movement.org or, or, or any of these other organizations. He established the church, engaged in the local church. Seven, know the difference between primary and secondary issues. In our cultural moment, it is so easy to get caught up on things that are less important. I see some head shaking. You know what I'm talking about. You know, if you sing hymns and I sing choruses or vice versa, and if you dunk and I sprinkle, yeah, we can talk about those things, and they are important for the local church, but my goodness, let's not get at war with one another, recognizing back to, back to the full armor of God, the battle is out there. Satan is having a field day with trying to divide people inside the church. Know the difference. Don't get hung up on secondary issues once you leave the church, as it were. The world's burning. <laughs> we can't get caught up on these other things. Number eight, remember our citizenship. It is not here. We are citizens of heaven. Chip, you heard me say it recently. We're this long on this planet and this long, keep on going, in eternity. Why do we spend so much time worrying about this place? My challenge was to read Andy, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. It's the longest book on heaven that I know. There are probably longer ones, and it's a great one. Know where we're going, and that perspective changes everything in my view. Number nine, read, read, Read. Uh, I, I don't make enough time to read outside of uh, my profession, and I read tons in my profession. And when I do get beyond it, my mind opens. And, and perhaps I'm a slightly less boring and more interesting person when I do, and probably better informed. My son, uh, who's now, uh, how old he's 29, when he graduated college, one of the things he asked me is, Dad, what do you wish you had done a lot more of when you were my age? And I said, read. And you know, he's, he's out reading me big time. So read, read, read. It's never too late. And number 10, I come back to where I started on this one. Put on the full armor of, of God. We got to do it. Every day, we've got, we've got to do it. Uh, you know, the stand firm, the perseverance. These are really important things in this cultural moment. Uh, you know, the cultural moment changes all the time, and inside the United States, it seems like it's changed at an accelerating pace. Most of us would, would agree, and uh, so we need to stand firm um, and uh, be willing to take a stand for the Lord. You know, it's interesting, Bob, a number of the things you said really relate to kind of holding on to our core uh, while also being willing to be agile, humble, curious, you know, and and not get sucked up in the sort of the hardening of the categories and the polarization of the times. It sounds like that's really where you're going uh, with a lot of this. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it quite that way, but it's exactly what it is, Chip. We have to know who we are, what our center is, who God is, what our relationship to Him is, and with that strong foundation, then we have the ability and the responsibility and the privilege 
of being able to interact with others. And unless we're good listeners and have open minds and curious minds, we're going to close it down and, and do the, the narrow thing that you warned against a second ago. Yeah, and I think that our like if we really, when we know Jesus, it gives us a kind of security that makes it possible for us to do that. When we don't, it's harder. <laughs> it's a lot harder because there's, there's so much we have to be right. Um, here, 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 here. You know, so that's that's interesting. Really good, really good list. We, Sarah, captured it instantaneously. Put it in the chat for everybody, which is amazing. Thanks, Thank Sarah. You, Sarah. Um, just one final thread, and that's just you know, you know, you've I we this is we this was what we talked about last week, but you've hit bumps in the road. We all do, and. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be choppy, choppy seas, bit turbulent flight here the next year. Not, that doesn't sound like the world's ending, but it's just going to be, it's going to be bumpy. So, where do we find hope in a context like this? Uh, all the things we just talked about. Um, you know, when you think about uh, if we're going to have hope, uh, we have to do. And some of these things that sound trite, but they're so true. We know the end of the book, as the saying goes. So we know who wins. Um, we know our home is not on this planet, to repeat, it's in eternity. We are just sojourners, pilgrims, uh, whatever the words are. So there's some very, they sound esoteric, but they're so practical. And if we grab hold of them and really believe them, it's easy to have hope. Um, let, let me say it that way. And then when we all go through the inevitable bumps, we have to have that to lean on. Yes, our faith and our core, but we need to have other people to lean on to. Um, uh, Chip, as you know, and some others in this call do too, I've lost my job on Wall Street twice. Uh, the first uh, was very painful and a good practice for the second, so I could be far more resilient. I hope good things don't come in threes. Um, uh, but, but, you know, in both of those, I know that counting on others, counselors, people who hold me accountable, was invaluable. So that's another, I think, key ingredient. And you don't just do that when you hit the crisis. You, you got to develop friends along the way. So as we talked the other day, Chip, you know, how many people do you have in your life that you legitimately can call with a problem at two o'clock in the morning? If that number's zero, you got a problem. Doesn't have to be 15, but you know, it needs to be, you know, two, three, four, five, something like that. I don't mean I don't mean your your spouse. Yep, it's good. It's good. Thank you, Bob. Um, thanks for your thoughts. Thanks for your outlook. Um, always appreciate uh, the optimism that you bring to everything. All right, I want to give you a quick update on Voca, where we've been, where we're going, and uh, just just a little context. Um, the what, the why, and the how of, of what we do. So we've, we've really dialed into this idea that we love to bring God's wisdom to your work, uh, to the world where you go and earn a living every day. And we particularly are excited when we can apply that wisdom to dilemmas we see people facing. And pretty commonly, uh, and we just have a new, new, set of, a new data set of research we'll be talking a little bit late, about later, um, but pretty commonly we see that there are three dilemmas people face in their work. Uh, the first is just has to do with the work, and work can be challenging. It's complex. Many, many of us are overwhelmed, and uh, so we have dilemmas dealing with just dealing with our work, getting through our work, getting it all done. The second dilemma that people face pretty commonly 
uh, and even more so perhaps now with the great resignation all, always playing in the background, is what work am I supposed to do? And we have a suite of resources that help people like you and many others just walk through a process of discerning, you know, what kind of work does God want me to do in this season in my life? And the third dilemma that we focus on uh, is how, what does it mean to show up as a Christian at work? And we, we're seeing that this is becoming more and more of a pain point as we listen to people and as we do our research. So that's, we bring God's wisdom to work. That's what we do. How do we do it? Uh, it's really simple. We produce content, digital content, and we deliver coaching. And it's those two primary ways that we walk people along and, and bring, make that connection between what's going on in your vocational world and God's insight. So content, uh, we've, we've flipped primarily to podcast, and uh, we'll tell you more about that uh, near the end, but that's where the content comes. It's mostly digital, and um, coaching is, is mostly virtual, but it's usually one-on-one or in a group with one of our great coaches and you. So that's how we do it. And then why do we do it? Well, there's 116 million self-described Christians who go to work every day in the United States. And we think many of them go uh, as sheep without a shepherd. They just do not have, uh, they don't have access to or awareness of the spiritual resources that they could act, that they could, they could leverage uh, to be kingdom players on the job. And we also think that when you help somebody find God's, apply God's wisdom and truth in their work lives, it has uh, an outsized impact on their spiritual formation and their, their influence for the kingdom because that's where they spend most of their time. And so that's why we do what we do. Uh, and we really do find it a privilege. All of us uh, have exper- had experiences over the last year of just, you know, really look, we've, we've seen some great victories as we've walked with people through job transitions and leveling up their leadership. And we've, we've heard stories of loss and pain as we've also uh, just been there uh, to share the journey. So again, we count it a great, a great privilege. So that's just a little bit of like kind of an overview of VOCA. What, where, what, what are some highlights from 2021 for us? Three, um, first of all, we've just seen the fruit of investing in content and developing really great content and the career navigator is one of our signature signature offerings that walks you from where you are to where you need to be in terms of job choice and um, we're, we're seeing and I mean, we're, in, we're into the several hundred people I think that have accessed that tool in one way or another and so we're seeing fruit from that we spent a lot of time developing a framework called resilient leadership and um, we're going to be rolling that out in a more, a more accessible way in the year ahead. So we're excited about that. So we're just seeing the fruit of, and fruit of relationships of, of partners all over the country who are, you know, we're, we're sharing thoughts and frameworks with them and they're sharing people with us so we can help. And we've got, a, it's been a really, really great year in, those way, in that way. It's also been a year, I describe it by this term breathing room. And, you know, we never know when, we never know when our lives are going to change on a dime. And uh, in early October, on a Sunday afternoon, we got a call that there was a tragedy in our family. And um, I needed to drop everything and um, to be with my, wife, my wife's family. And um, we just, so we did, of course. Uh, and a year ago, if that would have happened, everything at VOCA would have ground to a halt. Uh, but this year, I just had to send one email to Shauna, our director of communications, 
and operations and she pulled in Sarah and Ken and they got a plan and it just was you know it was an ideal situation for my family and I but it was just it just shows that we're we're developing this capacity to continue to deliver that wisdom uh, whether no matter who's on kind of on station or not. So I was really excited. For me personally, that represents this idea of breathing room, that we've got capacity, that we get some rest. When it's our turn, we can get some rest, and when it's not, we can lean in. And the other thing, the third thing this year, is we really uh, stepped up our, our commitment to re-listening uh, to people out in the workplace. Um, I really, you know, one of the things that, for people like us in, in a ministry, uh, there's a real temptation. We take one idea and we just run with it forever. And we don't slow down and listen to the people that we're trying to serve. And um, so we, we redoubled our efforts. We launched a, a new thing. You'll hear about it probably every year. It's called the Dilemma Project. Just a fresh take on what people are facing in their work lives and how we can help. And um, quickly turned around, got 200 responses, almost 200 responses. A lot of our partners participated in that. So it was a great project, and it's just another way... Uh, in addition to all the things that we do as we talk with clients and people that we might be able to help and others uh, to just really dial in to what's going on. So we're excited about that. Uh, and that's kind of where we're headed in 2022. So we're going to have some fresh content in 2022. We are going to offer an opportunity to go through our resilient leadership training uh, to individuals. And you'll hear more about that. That'll be a virtual course. We're going to focus on a dilemma every month, a dilemma that we've discovered from this fresh research. And we're going to do a deep dive into that. So that's so stay tuned for all that. That'll be a webinar, podcast, blog post every month. The second thing that we're going to be leaning into is partnership. We've got an exciting new opportunity to work with Redeemer City to City. Uh, they have a signature course called the Gotham Fellows Program. And uh, VOCA is going to be their virtual deliverer of that program. So anybody that's not in a, in a Gotham city uh, we're going to be able to deliver that virtually so we'll be doing training and uh, preparation for that in the first half of 2022 and then launching that in september and then we want to grow our reach and our team and so we've we've been doing that this past year but a big part of that was bringing shauna on to grow our uh, our marketing reach and our effectiveness and uh, see those snaps coming from sarah thank you sarah um, so that's where we're headed Well, that was a great conversation from Bob. Let's just hear from our coaches. Let's just process this a little bit. What are some takeaways, guys? Well, what stuck to me was what Bob talked about when he mentioned his five points on resilient faith in our professions. One of his points was talking about radiating inner light, that we really need to listen well to make others feel valued and to think less about ourselves. That was pretty powerful as I thought about it. And then the other thing that stuck to me was that whole idea that while we're in the great resignation now, it's probably going to keep continuing because we're going to have more volatility with COVID, new variants coming out, and people are still trying to figure out what, what do they need in their personal lives and their work lives. So um, I think those were some, some key takeaways for me tonight. For me, uh, what stuck out to me was just his personal life, his personal example of resilience. I mean, here's a guy who had two major career shifts, and the first one was traumatic. He wasn't ready. He was spiritually not resilient. It took him six months. It was a lot of depression and angst. And then the second one, he was much more prepared for. He got a new job within 90 days, and the pivot was was looks like really good. 
in a in an environment where their culture is a real fit for him and he's thriving and enjoying it. It's more entrepreneurial. So I just that gives me hope when I see a senior leader being um, improving in resilience over time and able to weather those storms in his career. Yeah, those are great highlights, guys. I I think you know part of it. I just I love the realism of things just going to continue sort of sideways for a while, and that whole idea that we're going to just magically return to the pre-pandemic normal is an illusion. And but that the fact that it's an illusion is not a reason for despair. There's lots of reasons for hope, and a lot of them are anchored in what Christ offers us: the strength, the perspective, the power to push through it. And you know, I'm just thinking. Uh, I hope I hope folks that are listening to us give us a shot at walking with them through their work lives um, as we go through what's ahead. And because we can we can make it better, we can make it. I don't know if we can make it easier. That might be a little bit of an overpromise, but we can certainly make bring a lot of clarity and even joy to the journey of discovering what does God have for you in your work life. How do you put it into play? So check us out at vocacenter.org. Uh, travel with us. We'd love to travel with you. This conversation was recorded in front of a live virtual audience, and you can be a part of that audience. Register now for the next live webinar at vocacenter.org slash webinar. We'll see you next time on the Resilient Faith at Work podcast, where you get insight and inspiration to thrive at work.